daily news and analysis. We keep you informed and inspired. This is World Today. Welcome to World Today, a news program with a different perspective. I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. In this edition of the show, we discuss the internal division revealed at the latest NATO summit in Vilnius, Lithuania. While some NATO members, for example the Baltic states, vehemently backed Ukraine's NATO bid, the U.S. and few others decided that Ukraine is not ready. The final joint communique released in Vilnius stopped short of handing Kyiv the invitation or a clear time frame for accession that the country has been seeking. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky called the decision quote-unquote unprecedented and absurd. So what does the internal division tell us about NATO at the moment? And how will this decision regarding Ukraine's membership influence the future of the alliance? Now, for these questions and more, I'm joined by Shen Dingli, Professor in Institute of International Studies, Fudan University, Helga Zeppler-Rusch, founder of the Schiller Institute, a Germany-based political and economic think tank. Also, we have Dr. Alexei Muraviev, Associate Professor of National Security and Strategic Studies at Curtin University in Australia. Thank you all. A big welcome to all of you for joining me on this very important uh, panel discussion of the topic. Um, now, uh, let me begin by asking you uh, what's the biggest uh, impression you got from this year's NATO summit in Vilnius, because a lot of political and econo- uh, political uh, watchers around the world have been saying that, you know, this is one of the most significant summit NATO uh, has held. Maybe let me start with uh, Professor Shen, please. Well, my take is that uh, uh, NATO still welcomes uh, Ukraine mm-hmm. to join it, uh, but uh, also think uh, this is not the right time uh, to do to do it. Mm-hmm. So Ukraine need to spend more time. Mm-hmm. Meantime, NATO has for the first time mentioned the China again, time again uh, 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 to the level as a systemic uh, kind of. Uh, uh, a threat or competitor. Mm. So China's uh, 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 profile with NATO has been much raised uh, uh, for this summit. Yo, mm. oh, indeed. Uh, what about Helga? What's your biggest impression? Helga? Uh, well, <clears throat> I think there are many things uh, noteworthy. One is that it was a total orientation of continuing the war in Ukraine there was not even a shred of effort to think a diplomatic solution uh, would be possible. And I think this will be noticed by the countries of the global uh, south very clearly. Mm. Secondly, the fact that the uh, decision by the United States to send 300 million cluster bombs to Ukraine, that is more than in the entire Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia war was used, and people are still dying of these uh, not detonated cluster bombs 50 years after the war is over. I think this will morally erode the role of uh, the United States and the so-called value-based order. Mm. <clears throat> then uh, I think that it was also clear that given the fact that there is neither an invitation for Ukraine nor a timetable uh, for NATO membership, they are going for another option, which is basically to build up Ukraine militarily, to make it a big weapon factory, to make it militarily so strong mm. uh, that supposedly it will never be able to be defeated by Russia. I think this is all uh, extremely dangerous uh, and brings us closer and closer to crossing the red lines and, you know, therefore, I think this NATO summit for sure has done nothing to dismantle the danger of an escalation into nuclear war, mm. but to the con- contrary. Mm. Well, what about Professor Muraviev? What's your biggest impression? Look, I mean, to me, the NATO summit and, and, and especially the communique that was released on the 11th of July suggests that NATO is in the process of um, uh, kind of doing a, a self-check to itself in, 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 in terms of recognizing that 
Mm. From now on, uh, we, we, we're all going to live in a new set of geostrategic circumstances. Then NATO is trying to effectively uh, re-energize itself, uh, uh, bringing it back to, 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 the, to, to the status that it had. During, during the Cold War, there is a lot of talk about uh, building up the capacity. Uh, there is a lot of talk about increasing defense spending, mm. uh, recognition of the shortfalls, uh, re- rethinking of its, of, of its strategy. I mean, the fact that for the first time, NATO is talking about war claims against Russia at, mm. at, the, at, the, at the level of the European theater war. And, and uh, as already been mentioned, uh, NATO made some noises about uh, mm. its intent with, vis-a-vis the, in the Pacific, vis-a-vis China. There was a statement concerning DPRK's nuclear and, and, and missile program. So to me, the, 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 key, the key takeaway from the Vilnius summit is NATO is, is rethinking itself. I think the conflict in Ukraine allowed NATO to identify some shortfalls in, in terms of its capability, in terms of its strategic thinking and planning. Mm. And, and NATO is now going through this the, through the step of almost like self-reorganization and, and, and the transformation back into into the Cold War style alliance, the way how it was set up in the first place, mm. minus keeping the Germany down. Well, um, you mentioned the uh, final joint communique. Let's talk about it because uh, clause number or item number 11 of the final joint communique uh, specifically mentioned and elaborated on the membership by Ukraine. Uh, So this uh, item is quite long, but basically, essentially, it was saying that Ukraine's future is in NATO, but... um, Ukraine was only promised an invitation, quote unquote, when allies agree and conditions are met. Now, uh, that leaves both the timing as well as the conditions safely unsaid. Uh, it was very vague, of course. Um, that's, you know, basically all international media are saying about this. Uh, but then um, let's, let's see, you know, this specific item, Professor Shen. In general, how do you view this final decision taken regarding this issue at the summit? Does it mean that, you know, NATO is hesitating or is it is abandoning or negating the idea of Ukraine joining NATO completely? Well, I think uh, uh, even without the conflict of Russia, Ukraine, or lately, NATO has always had a policy how to... Uh, accept a new membership application. The new applier should uh, qualify for several uh, conditions. One, the applicant should be a democratic country. Mm. Uh, of course, different people have different opinions regarding what constitutes a democracy. Right. And uh, one of the other uh, conditions is that the new applicant should not be in a war uh, status. Mm. Uh, you should apply for NATO membership uh, without uh, uh, fighting with another country. And uh, you can still apply for a NATO membership after finishing the, uh, the war status. Mm. So I think uh, this, uh, this year's uh, summit has uh, stayed with this policy. Mm. Welcome, Ukraine, but uh, finishing your war first. Mm. NATO would help Ukraine to uh, resist Russia. But uh, uh, this is not a NATO's war. Uh, This is uh, NATO helping a friend, not NATO uh, defend a member. If uh, any member would be invaded uh, by a non-NATO country, all NATO countries would would come to aid. Mm. But for a non-NATO country, NATO would uh, help the country. In the spirit of the United Nations, but not view it as a war against the NATO. Mm. And uh, Ukraine should uh, uh, work with the entire world under the UN framework with all friends' support uh, to get the war done, to defeat Russia or make a compromise or negotiate to a mutually acceptable outcome. Well, and then mm. uh, working on the membership. Not now. Mm. Helga, 
Um, in practical terms, what does this decision mean for Ukraine? Well, I, I think it means that the uh, Ukrainian population will be grinded up, ground up more. Uh, I think this is terrible for Ukraine because uh, there is a Vienna uh, Economic Institute which just released a report that even if you know the war will end sometime soon, the loss of population will be more than 20%, and that will create enormous problems even if the war would end soon for the reconstruction of Ukraine. So I think the real victim of this whole thing is the Ukrainian people, mm. and the idea to now go and arm uh, Ukraine to the teeth, you know, to build up tank factories and other advanced weapon factories, I think this is really a tragedy, and I think... You know, I think this will become, you know, n noticed by the whole rest of the world because the whole world is watching, you know, what, what values are being portrayed in this war. Mm. And people will, will look at action and not words. So right. I think the, the, the real problem is really that, uh, you know, you can, you have a classical case where a country is being used as a pawn for a larger geopolitical confrontation, mm. which in reality is going on between NATO and Russia already. Mm. Well, um, we earlier uh, said that, you know, uh, the, uh, there are NATO member states who are um, up for Ukraine's bid, like uh, the Baltic states, but there are also countries who are against it. For example, Joe Biden said Ukraine is not ready. Now, Professor Muraviev, who do you think are the main decision makers? for this, you know, final statement in the joint communique, and what are their considerations for that? Well, I mean, the key decision makers, obviously, the countries that actually deploy capability that NATO would uh, rely upon in, in, in times of crisis. Mm. Yes, the most outspoken uh, member states are, are, are sort of the newcomers, uh, uh, predominantly those who were once part of the Warsaw Pact or, in fact, the Soviet Union. Yeah. But they are the ones that possess uh, the least capability and the least capacity, and they know that if, if uh, the, the time will come uh, to, to face the music, it won't be them who would be doing all the fighting. It would still be the United States, it would be the UK, it would be France, mm. it would be Turkey, countries that uh, deploy real military capability. Poland would probably be an exception because the Polish are investing very heavily in, in the capability build-up. Mm. But it is those countries, well, Poland is an exception because Poland has been a very strong proponent of Ukraine's membership in, 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 in NATO. But other, other major European players, and, and certainly in the United States, are the ones who are actually calling the shots. And, 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 and certainly the, the declaration concerning Ukraine's future mem membership suggests that NATO understands that uh, whilst it, it uses Ukraine as a shield against Russia's aggression mm. and, 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 and as a way of deflect of Russia's uh, ambitions towards, uh, towards Europe uh, and, and, and possible, uh, a, a possible buffer between, between Russia and NATO. Well, I don't think there is appetite, and certainly those members um, who understand that if, if there's going to be a direct military confrontation between the, that, their lines, and, and, and Moscow, it is them who will have to deploy their troops. It is them who will have to commit their, their, their personnel. And it is them who will actually sustain mm. most casualties. And clearly, they're not showing any appetite right now uh, to, uh, to go into battle. They would rather have the Ukrainians fight at the front line. Mm. And, and, and I think the way how they, they kind of carefully choreographed the, 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 future possible invitation for, for Ukraine mm. suggests, well, here is a carrot for you, it's hanging in front of you, but not to suggest that you can actually reach out this carrot. So <laughs> they don't want to let Ukrainian spirits down by simply saying, well, you're not, you're not ready for stop. They're saying, yes, you're not ready, but uh, mm. the door remains open, but you still don't have the key and you're a little bit away from from the entrance. So I, I, I think it's a, it's a way of avoiding a fight with a nuclear superpower, mm. uh, but uh, it's, it's also a way of 
having this fight at the same time, but uh, carried out by a third party where NATO is is an indirect contributor while staying away from the front line. Mm. Well, indeed. Um, well, we'll talk about um, the the reactions from Ukraine uh, after a break. But you're listening to World Today. We'll be right back. As one of CGTN Radio's most popular programs, World Today provides listeners with a strong mix of international news and business. It delivers in-depth analysis of current affairs and one-on-one interviews. And you need the stories behind the news, not just what's happening, but why. Welcome back. You're listening to World Today. We're having a panel discussion on the latest NATO summit in Lithuania. And we have Professor Shen Li from Fudan University, Helg Zeplerush um, from the Schiller Institute, as well as Professor Alexei Muraviev from the university, the Curtin University in Australia. Continue with our discussion. Uh, we talk about, you know, the item uh, specifying uh, NATO's position on Ukraine's uh, membership earlier. And um, the the reaction from uh, from Ukrainian president uh, was rather caught a lot of media headlines. Uh, he posted a furious Twitter message when po- confronted with the draft language of the communique, um, and he said, "You know, these conditions it's unprecedented and absurd when time frame is not set, neither for the invitation nor for Ukraine's membership." Um, now, Professor Shen. How do you view Zelensky's message and how do you think, you know, with this uh, decision in his hands, how do you think he will pursue his policy regarding NATO moving forward? Professor Shen. Uh, okay. Uh, President Zelensky wants to uh, have NATO to be more approachable. So they would either accept Ukraine to join NATO this time or to, te- to give a timeline, maybe next year, or at least issue an invitation. So he is uh, un- uh, unhappy because uh, he received neither of this uh, 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 good uh, response. The reason is simple, as I have mentioned. NATO will, will not accept any new member mm. who is at war. Mm. You can join NATO later. And you should finish your war business first. Mm. And the U.S. does not want to fight uh, another country uh, because simply that country has hurt an American friend. American friend should become an American ally. That would make it more uh, uh, secure. Mm. When you failed to be an American ally, then you cannot be an American ally when you uh, at a war. Mm. When the U.S. Uh, uh, defend, uh, helped South Korea in 1950, South Korea was not a, a U.S. ally. Mm. And the U.S. would not issue an alliance uh, to South Korea, but the U.S. would still uh, join the war by sending its force from Japan to South Korea. Well, South, mm. uh, Korea Ukraine does not need to be a U.S. or NATO's uh, ally uh, to qualify U.S. to send troops into Ukraine to fight against Russia. But the enemy is Russia. It uh, uh, possesses 1,500 pieces of nuclear weapon. U.S. will never fight a war which may potentially be escalated into a nuclear war when the other country has not fought against the U.S. Mm-hmm. U.S. would defend a friend but not running that, that risk to uh, have a potential nuclear war. Mm. Simply want to help your friend. But then this Professor... is the reason mm. that the uh, U.S. does not want to accept uh, uh, Ukraine at this time. But for Professor Shen, um, prior to the war, U.S. hyped up its support for Ukraine in the case of a war with Russia. And now the United States is um, absolutely against Ukraine's uh, imminent entry into NATO. How much do, do you think um, the outrage of uh, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has anything to do with that? 
No. Mm-hmm. I think the U.S. welcomed Ukraine to uh, apply for membership on the condition you should have no territorial uh, dispute with other countries. Mm. But uh, when Ukraine and Russia have a territorial dispute regarding uh, uh, Crimea, that means before Russia would return the land of Crimea to Ukraine, Ukraine will not uh, uh, qualify for a membership. Mm. That said... Mm. Mm. Well, uh, Helga, how what 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 do you think of the outrage of a uh, Ukrainian president? Really? Well, yeah, he um, you know he said that the reaction by NATO was absurd, and he used the language which was quite insulting. To I mean, you have to consider that all of these countries have given enormous amounts of money for military weapons for training of Ukrainian soldiers. They have taken refugees, and then comes President Zelensky and says, what you are doing is absurd. So even the British, who are always in the forefront of <laughs> pushing the escalation, mm. sending troops to Ukraine, uh, Ben Wallace and, and others said, you know, that this was rather ungrateful. And we're and, now the uh, Amazon. should behave. Mm. Uh, right. So after he got uh, sort of, you know, talked down a little bit by, by these uh, other NATO members, he modified and then within 24 hours said, you know, that he was completely content with the outcome. So I think that one should also consider that there was a lot of theatrics around the summit, Mm. because if you look what the various think tanks were writing before the summit, what would be the scenarios and what came then out of it, it was exactly what was planned. So I would not exclude you know, that there was a lot of theatrics in part for domestic consumptions for the individual countries, mm. because, you know, increasingly they're sending so much money um, to Ukraine. I mean, I think the United States has sent two-digit billions. Germany has sent two-digit billions, Great mm. Britain. This is becoming increasingly unpopular with the populations of these countries, because this all this military buildup is at the expense of social expenditures. When infrastructure is collapsing, hospitals are being closed down. You know the inflation rate is uh, at least in Europe incredibly high. So the population does really not support this war anymore, despite an incredible. Helga, do you think Ukrainians are not control. being grateful, are ungrateful, as Ben Wallace has suggested at the summit? Helga. Well, it, yeah, I think that the behavior, I mean, the, the I must say that the Ukrainian diplomats in Germany, for example, they have mm-hmm. been inciting the German government, you know, at the point when the German government was completely docile and subservient and, and doing everything the U.S. demanded. And still, you know, they attacked the German government, you know, as if they would be the the absolute ruler. So, I mean, I think there is an incredible tension building up because, you know, people mm-hmm. really, they, I mean, how long is this war supposed to go on? Now the talk in NATO was that, you know, one has to be prepared that this war will go on for a very long time. The military industry gets orders for, you know, which will become mature in, in two years from now. All of this is, is really you know, reaching a point where I think mm. the popular support for this war is is absolutely it vanishing. Is Europe, are European countries getting into a war fatigue? I would say absolutely yes. Mm. I mean, you will see in the next period a growth of peace movements everywhere. Uh, on the 6th of August, there will be peace demonstrations worldwide. Uh, this is the anniversary of the bombing of Hiroshima. Mm. And, you know, people will take that date as a point to express their, you know, their extreme concern mm. that this crisis right. may lead to another nuclear Sorry, war. Sorry, Haga, I have to uh, interrupt you there because we're uh, running out of time for the first part of the discussion. But coming back, we'll continue our discussion.
Dan Wang, Chief Economist of Hansen Bank China. The World Today is a real fun program. You will hear interesting people discussing global trend, economic event, what's happening in and outside of China. So, friends around the world, hope you can join us. Welcome back. You're listening to World Today. I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. In this edition of the show, we're discussing the internal division revealed at the latest NATO summit in Vilnius, Lithuania. And joining us are Shen Dingli, professor in Fudan University, Helga Zeplerush, founder of the Schiller Institute, and Professor Alexei Muraviev in Curtin University in Australia. Continue with our discussion. We were talking about um, the the reaction from Zelensky um, on you know NATO's specific, uh, position regarding Ukraine's NATO bid. Um, now, Professor Muraviev, I want to go back to you because a lot of people argue that uh, the war, the root cause, or the very at the very beginning. Um, the war started because of uh, the very fast eastward expansion of NATO, and now the Ukrainians are fighting the war on the ground. Now, when we consider that, Professor Muraviev, how do you see Zelensky's reaction, and do you think the Ukrainians are ungrateful? Look, I mean, it's a, it's it's not a straightforward question because uh, <laughs> there are several factors that、mm. need to be taken into account. First of all, Zelensky promised to his people. That、uh, he will make Ukraine part of the European Union as well as part of NATO, and 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 certainly since the invasion, Russia's invasion, he's been talking about this. He was promising that United States, even even before the war, he was effectively saying, "We're not alone. The Americans will come and rescue us."、Uh, the Ukrainians were actually under the impression that even if they will start to fight with the Russians, that They won't be doing the fighting alone. It would, they would be fighting alongside the United States. And obviously, 12 months into the war, or eight,、uh, 16, 16 months into the war, the Ukrainians now realizing that no, they are they are doing all the fighting, they are doing all the sacrificing, and and the United States at best sends them、um, uh, pays the bills, sends them military equipment and and some volunteers. So there is this. Element of of frustration because Zelensky is coming down with with serious criticism at home for not、mm. not not keeping the promise. So on the other hand, obviously the Ukrainians are paying with their blood, with 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 the lives of their、uh, of of their men and women, and 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 he's thinking, well, that should really provide Ukraine with a shortcut into 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 the alliance because. Ukraine has now been integrated into NATO far more than anyone could have imagined.、Uh, imagined just before, yes,、um, uh, before the war has has started.、Um, there, there is another element that needs to be taken into account. You know, the Western leadership created an image that there is no discussion about Ukraine without Ukraine. They、mm. created an image that Ukraine can make calls on. Whom they consider to be a friend of Ukraine, being the friend of the West, and whom they're not going to be considered the friend, the friend of Ukraine, the friend of the West. And obviously, it was part of the kind of、uh, popular build-up and as a, as a sales pitch of why the West and Western taxpayers have to support Ukraine. Well,、But、Professor, why does it matter? Of- why does the fact that the the U.S.、Uh, and Western leadership create, you know, the image that Ukraine can make the decision of、uh, who is going to be his friend? Why does that matter? Because they need to explain to the taxpayers of why the West, Western、mm-hmm. Europe, and certainly the United States, is 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 feeding the war bill in 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 the country far far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they trying to create an impression of why Ukraine is so critical because、um, you know for a lot of people Ukraine is either part is associated to be part of the Soviet Union or perhaps a country that they would probably、uh, find difficult to find on the map even though it's the largest country in Europe in terms of geography after after, after Russia、mm-hmm. so you need to basically create an impression of why Ukraine matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way how Taiwan matters in in the in the Pacific, Japan matters. Another thing, because Ukraine is not something that has been、uh, has a long affiliation or association with Western interests or or、mm-hmm. Western alliance or or something like that. It's a, it's a it's a new partner. It's a new kid on the block, 
uh, even though it was independent for about 30 years. Mm. But you need kind of to do a sales pitch. But clearly that created a, 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 mis, a, a misimpression in Kiev. In, in in around around Zelensky entourage mm. that yeah the ones who actually sit at the at the chairman's uh, seat at the table they are the ones who are making the shots because just before the summit in Vilnius mm. there was a lot of kind of media push from Zelensky office saying well he will not actually attend the summit unless NATO would would effectively <laughs> agree uh, uh, to 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 formally invite Ukraine. Uh, during the summit, as, as if Zelensky, you know, has the same ranking and the same standing as, say, President of the United States mm. or British Prime Minister or, or, or the French President. So I think they began genuinely believe that they're the ones who are making the shots. And I think uh, in, in, in some of Western capitals, there was a gradual realization that perhaps they went a bit too fine in trying to create this impression for the Ukrainians. And certainly... Um, uh, and, and, and certainly this kind of really cold shower reception by simply saying you need to kind of calm down, you need to mm, uh, show more gratitude and, mm. and, uh, and, and change the rhetoric was, was I mean, it, it, it also kind of indicated that, uh, that the Western leadership has kind of reached the boiling point when, mm-hmm. you know, communicating behind closed doors were not, was no longer working, so they had to go through the public kind of a bit of a slapping mm. uh, just to kind of, you know, put 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 the problem back in the box. Well, that's um you know, that's another angle to look at the issue. Um now, Professor Shen, going back to you, Professor Muraviev earlier said that uh, Ukraine is more like a shield now, uh, with between, you know, United States, NATO countries and Russia. Um, now, Professor Shen, in dealing with Russia, which uh, one of the countries U.S. considers as its main adversary, what does the U.S. want from Ukraine? Uh, U.S. has a couple purposes uh, on this issue. One, Russia should not win. Second, mm. Ukraine should not fail. <laughs> Third, U.S. would not uh, send a large amount of ground force into Ukraine because the U.S. Uh, uh, does not want to fight with a nuclear weapon state. Russia has 1,500 pieces of nuclear weapons mm. that can, could destroy American property uh, many times. Uh, U.S. Uh, is not interested in uh, absorbing that cost uh, simply because uh, it wants to defend Ukraine. That's why U.S. cannot uh, accept uh, NATO to uh, uh, welcome Ukraine to be a new member now. It had to be after the war. Mm. No matter uh, Ukraine has defeated Russia or made a compromise with Russia or uh, had a peaceful negotiation with Russia to have some middleweight to, uh, as a compromise. Well, so this is mm. the U.S. purpose. Mm. But mm. because the U.S. is uninterested in fighting uh, for Ukraine, and Ukraine's air force uh, does not work well, then Ukraine will be very will be in a very uh, difficult position to defend its territory, mm. to uh, strike back. Uh, and you, this is something the U.S. want to see, but the U, also U.S. does not does not want to see such, such a war would prolong for too long. Mm. That would weaken uh, the morale of Ukraine. Could uh, make uh, members of the NATO uh, to be to emerge more different. Now, um, if we reflect on this decision um, of uh, Ukraine's NATO membership later. Now, Helga, I want this question to go to you. How do you think the decision uh, will influence the opinion regarding NATO and its leader, the United States, among nations who might consider moving closer militarily with NATO? For example, America's allies in Asia. Well, I think that the um, idea of global NATO, which is being pushed since the NATO summit in Madrid last year, Mm. And this was very much a topic uh, this time in Vilnius, uh, the language uh, defining China as a, you know, systemic uh, adversary or rival or competitor, whatever, but adversary. 
um, I mean, it, the, the plan is to have global NATO to open up an office in Tokyo in 24. And I think, you know, this, the way how Ukraine is being sacrificed in this war will get noticed by all the Asian countries. And I think the resistance in Asia against the idea of NATO moving into uh, the Indo-Pacific will grow. Um, I think that NATO should be a North Atlantic, it, it started off by being a North Atlantic defensive alliance, and now it has turned more and more into an offensive uh, way to control mm. an unipolar world which no longer exists. So I think that there will be um, a fallout whereby Asian countries will evaluate very critically what has happened with the Ukraine war so far and, you know, how the interest of the Ukrainian people is of no uh, concern by mm. those who have geopolitical interests in conducting this war. Mm. So I think that the Asian reaction will be very negative, and uh, I think the best would be that this office in Tokyo would never be open. Why bring a conflict into an area, you know, which uh, really does not need this? Mm. Well... You're listening to World Today. We're going to a short break, but after we come back, we'll discuss the philosophy of alliance building as well as the future of NATO. Stay with us. As one of CGTN Radio's most popular programs, World Today provides listeners with a strong mix of international news and business. It delivers in-depth analysis of current affairs and one-on-one -on -one interviews. We need the stories behind the news, not just what's happening, but why. My name is Alessandro Golombievski Teixeira. I'm a professor of public policy management at Tsinghua University in Beijing. I am a great listener of The World Today. In my opinion, The World Today is one of the best China radio programs. In The World Today, we can get the best news and analysis in what is happening now in the world. So please, come to join us. Welcome back. You're listening to World Today. I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. In this edition of the show, we're discussing the latest NATO summit in Lithuania. Now, continue with our discussion. Um, it's interesting that Helger mentioned earlier that NATO is becoming an organization uh, of uh, offensive organization at the moment. Now, uh, let me go to Professor Muraviev. What do you think, what was the original purpose of NATO when it was established in 1949? Is it achieving the mission it set out to have? Look, I mean, the, the initial purpose of NATO was described in, in, in three key messages. Mm. To keep the Americans in, to keep the Russians out, meaning out of European affairs, and mm. to keep the Germans down, because obviously NATO was created just four years after the end of the mm. Second World War. Germany was occupied, and, uh, and, and there were concerns just like uh, in the context of Japan that uh, it shouldn't revive as a, as a, as a hostile power. Uh, it was uh, critical for the European security and defense to have U.S. involvement there, and that was another purpose of NATO, and obviously it was set up as a defensive organization to contain from the potential Soviet threat. So obviously, um, in the current circumstances, uh, uh, no one is talking about keeping the Germans down because Germany has transformed. Uh, but mm -hmm. the, 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 the initial two other purposes, to keep the Americans in and to keep the Russians uh, out, is as relevant as, as, as ever. So... Uh, NATO is, is sort of now, I think, in the process of actually uh, uh, dusting off and revisiting its Cold mm. War playbook and, and, and trying to kind of bring, bring, bring uh, the, the original meaning in, in, in the new set of circumstances. Mm. But then, Professor Muraviev, isn't the, one of the purposes of having NATO is to not have war? But over the years, NATO is, has been having wars. Well, I mean, since the collapse of the Soviet Union and mm. the dissolutionment of the Warsaw Pact, NATO was in search of its identity. NATO was struggling to justify 
its future because it ended up the world's largest military alliance. It's a very expensive organization to run. It's a it's an organization run by a very um, massive bureaucratic apparatus, and they all had to basically find a new purpose for for itself. And NATO engaged in a number of missions uh, outside of its area of jurisdiction, which represents another challenge for for its uh, operations, because initially NATO could only function within uh, the the boundaries of its member states. Mm. Uh, any activities outside of its jurisdiction was sort of, uh, you know, was exceeding its original mandate. So when NATO began um, undertaking operations in the former Yugoslavia, uh, including the Operation Allied Force, the attack on Serbia in 1999, right. when NATO uh, engaged in countering piracy at the at the um, Horn of Africa, uh, operations in northern Africa, including a war against Libya, uh, supporting U.S. operations in Afghanistan, which was way outside of areas, uh, uh, NATO's area of responsibility. But also that was the time when NATO, for the first time, activated Article 5, which happened shortly after 9-11. Mm. That all was part of NATO trying to effectively see what is future purposes going to look like, whether the, whether the organization had new life or whether it would actually evolve into more like a policing organization mm. that goes beyond uh, beyond Europe. But I think uh, the current standoff with Russia kind of is bringing NATO back into the old comfort zone where philosophically, operationally, strategically, NATO feels very comfortable about it. Extending its potential reach into the in the Pacific would require a fundamental rethink of the entire organization. And in fact, you know, even the using the term North Atlantic Treaty Organization may not be appropriate mm-hmm. for that purpose. If NATO would truly become a global alliance, something that French President Macron uh, was um, using to effectively argue against the opening of NATO's office in Paris, underlining that NATO for its primary purpose is North Atlantic Treaty Organization, emphasizing on the transatlantic connection, which historically remained pivotal to NATO's existence and modesty runway. Mm. Exactly. As you said, um, uh, just, you know, some information for our listeners. Um, when asked about the possibility of a NATO office in Tokyo at a news conference at the end of the summit, French President Emmanuel Macron said NATO should keep its focus firmly on the North Atlantic region. He said, quote, but and perhaps I'm a little bit simplistic, but it remains an organization of the North Atlantic Treaty. Whatever one says, geography is stubborn. The Indo-Pacific isn't the North Atlantic. I think we made the right decision to stick to a close partnership, coordination and strategic intimacy, but not wanting to expand the areas of conflict because it's not the right time and it's not why we're here. Um, Now, Professor Shen, who do you think are the main supporters of NATO NATO office in Tokyo and what are their interests in this possibility? Well, to have the Asian office in Tokyo for NATO uh, may uh, have some uh, simple uh, reason to reach out, uh, to have more discussion, more intelligence sharing, and that may be reasonable. But what about uh, uh, some future uh, lifting mm-hmm. to extend NATO's uh, war zone applicability into Asia. For instance, uh, if uh, North mm. Korea and South Korea would fight a war again, mm. and because the U.S. Would, would be there to defend South Korea and entire NATO, all 30-some-hot uh, country, in, including the new, new member, Finland, Sweden, would also send force into the uh, 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 Korean Peninsula. Mm. That would be absurd as the French president has said. Mm. It's a matter of United Nations, UN Security Council, 15 members, including five permanent members. That's not a business of NATO. NATO mm. should not replace UN. 
NATO should work together to make a 31 country at this time to be secure. Well, then, Professor Shen, who are propping up the the possibility of a NATO Tokyo office? Of course, Washington D.C. Mm. And that make, uh, has made uh, Paris and many other capitals in Europe area of the NATO zone uh, to be to feel upset. Mm. Helga, how's how's this idea being received in among European nations? Helga, well, I think、mm. there there are very different、uh, reactions. I think you know there is presently the German government; they are planning to participate in maneuvers in the Indo-Pacific.、Uh, but I think most most nations of、uh, you know Southern Europe. Uh, and also some in in the Western Central European countries, they are very critical because you know, I mean, this is all leading to a disaster if not stopped. The real purpose of the NATO to move into the Indo-Pacific is the containment of China, minimum,、mm. and you know, even a war with China down the road is not impossible. A lot of reasons why people want to close down eventually the war with you over Ukraine is because they say that the real enemy or the real opponent or rival or adversary for the United States is is China, and there has been a study in the Rand Corporation already many years ago which said that given the rise of China, the economic、uh, gaining of power of China. The sooner the war happens, the better, because the stronger China becomes, the longer it takes, the worse for the United States. And that, you know, if you look, there is an encirclement. There are more、mm. than 300 bases around China in the region. So if Biden says no, no, it's not, not so.、Mm. Don't listen、Then、to the words. Then Helga, do you do you agree?、Actions. Helga, do you agree that the United States is kidnapping European nations? You know, on their Strategy of China containment. Helga. Well, unfortunately, I have to say yes to that question because、mm. you know, as you can see by the recent actions of Germany, Germany lost all sovereignty at this point.、Uh, the fact that Germany did not react to the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipeline,、mm. um, and you know, there were accusations by Seymour Hersh that it was the U.S. who did it. I mean that just shows, and Germany is militarizing now. I thought we had a policy of never again. When、mm. the Second World War ended, people were absolutely determined that such a catastrophe should never happen again. And now we are again sending tanks against Russia. Right, it's just、That's, terrible. It's just unfortunate. So, well, um, I I want to you know go back to this traditional way of thinking of alliance making, you know, among Western nations, uh, because um. Well, deterrence was originally one of the t- core tasks NATO set out to have, but、uh, you know that didn't、uh, stop the war in Ukraine.、Um, and Professor Muraviev, this question goes to you: Is Western way of alliance making effective in securing peace in times of crisis? Do you think? Look, I mean, alliance、uh, al- mm-hmm. alliance making or alliance management. Yes, you can argue it's about、uh, securing peace, but. As, as anything in, in、uh, anything、uh, in, 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 in the space of achieving security or, or balancing in, in, in the international system is about acquiring advantage, and、mm-hmm. and, and, and certainly、uh, one of the key missions of, of defensive alliances is place yourself in the strongest position vis-à-vis your、uh, geopolitical competitors. So. Uh, or, or restoring balance. If, if for example,、uh, weaker states unite in order to balance against a stronger,、uh, a stronger dominion. So it's 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 about playing、uh, the game in your favor. This is this is the ultimate、uh, pursuit of、uh, of nations' agendas, and certainly nations that unite under uh, one uh, common political military union. Are are certainly nations that share this agenda. It it it, it may vary from、mm. um, um, a values agenda, and there is a lot of talk about shared values、uh, when it comes to NATO, when it comes to to、mm. Western alliances, etc. Obviously,、uh, you need to have uh, uh, similar security concerns or shared security concerns. You need to achieve 
uh, different levels of interoperability in order for, for the well, military lines mm, to function mm, uh, properly. Right. But at the end of the day, it's about uh, supporting your agenda. It's about uh, have, gaining the upper hand and maintaining the upper hand. Well, that's... So, Yeah, some very sharp idea there. But talking about value, Professor Shen, um, is uh, what about the value in Asia? What do Asian countries want the most? Because most of the Asian countries are still developing countries. Do they want tanks? Do they want tanks, or do they want more? Um, I, I don't know economic development. I think Asian country uh, wants to have peace and development, and many are still underdeveloped, and they need. Uh, 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 work, uh, cooperate with each other, and uh, including with uh, countries from outside of the region. For peace, uh, ASEAN has developed its own modality, mm. which is uh, internal consultation, internal co- coordination, and in, in order to avoid uh, uh, actors from outside of ASEAN to, to meddle. And uh, this seems to be quite uh, useful, and this has ha- uh, kept ASEAN to be peaceful for quite many years. Of course, we welcome a country from outside of Asia to help, but not to uh, uh, in- in- interfere, uh, to defend one country against another one. Outside countries should help negotiate, mediate, to make a regional competitor and rival uh, to reduce Their hostility. I think this is what I think Asian country wants to have. Mm. Well, indeed, um, as Professor Muraviev uh, said earlier, NATO. If NATO is going to expand, it's going to set up an office in Tokyo. Certainly, uh, NATO need to do some uh, may need to do some justification in terms of the purpose as well as its mission. And clearly, NATO leaders are rethinking about you know their goals as well as their as well as their purposes. But um, that's all the time we have for this edition of World Today. Again, I want to thank our guests. Professor Shen Dingli uh, with the Institute of International Studies at Fudan University, Helga Zeppler-Rusch, founder of the Schiller Institute, a Germany-based political and economic think tank. Also, Professor Alexei Muraviev, Associate Professor of National Security and Strategic Studies at Curtin University in Australia. Well, if you want to catch up with more of our discussions, you can find our podcast by searching World Today. You can also follow us on Twitter at CGTN Radio. I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. Thank you for staying with us. Bye for now.